0: This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Our program is underwritten in part by the Indiana State Knights of Columbus. And now, here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co host is Bridget Ayer.
1: Hello, Jim. Hello, everyone.
0: And uh, Bridget, we've got a program that's going to be talking to a doctor this morning. So, um,. Uh, When We always start our programs off with a prayer, so I'm going to offer a prayer for healing right now that I've gotten from a little uh, Catholic prayer companion booklet. So if you would please join me in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Holy St. Anthony, God granted you the power to heal those afflicted with every kind of sickness. Hear my plea for my loved ones who are ill and in need of your heavenly assistance. Obtain for them health in mind and body and give them the strength to overcome pain and suffering. Quickly and completely restore them to the fullness of good health. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Okay, well, our guest today is Dr. Thomas McGovern. We are going to talk about his new book. Um, he is the co-host of the radio show, The Dr. Doctor. Doctor. Um, the show originates on Redeemer Radio in Fort Wayne, and we are carrying it here on Catholic Radio Indy. It is on... Uh,
0: 11 a.m. on Saturday mornings. 11 a.m. on Saturday. program.
1: Yeah, great program. So welcome to Faith in Action, Dr. Thomas McGovern.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Bridget and Jim. <laughs>
0: You, you know, with the program, doctor, doctor, uh, th- th- this is an old joke, so to speak. But you could call doctor, doctor, a paradox.
2: We uh. are a paradox, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, there's three of us, but there's typically two of us on at a time. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Jim's bringing out his good material right in the morning here, so I'm I'm still uh, rolling out with the coffee, and he's got got the jokes. Well, tell us about your. Um, new book. It is called um, Christ, What Christ Suffered, A Doctor's Journey Through the Passion. What's the book, and why did you write it?
2: Uh, I wrote it because, uh, essentially, God asked me to. In other words, I told people who asked me for years to write a book. Uh, if I was going to, I said, no, unless a publisher asked me to do it. That would be my understanding that God wanted me to, and our Sunday visitor asked me through a friend of mine a few years ago. So I wrote the book, and it combines two things that no other book on the Passion does, uh, both updating and correcting many myths that people have about what the Passion would have been, based on historical evidence, and secondly, combining it with our response to suffering based on the Church's teaching of suffering as amplified through uh, John Paul II and his document, Salva Fici Dolores. And I do it in my favorite genre of writing, which is... Uh, Detective Mysteries. Every chapter starts with quotes from what people think happened at the Passion, and I invite the reader to look at the evidence and at the end of each chapter, evaluate what those other writers said.
0: Now, a lot of things in the Church, um, the beliefs of the Church have to do with things that can be proved as factual, other things that are um, kind of tradition that have been passed on down, and then there's kind of a level even below tradition where uh, it, it's a belief that's been passed on for generations, but people are not sure what the origin of that was. And, and a lot sure. of that, that's correct about the, the passion as well, isn't it?
2: Oh, my goodness, yes. Even I, I've had patients talking to me about some of those things that mystics said about it, which would probably fit in that category you're talking about. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'm wondering, for who is the book designed for? As in, is there like a certain age group or a certain person in mind that you had um, when you wrote the book?
2: Uh, Great question. Uh, It's the person who either wants to know Christ better, because to know him is to love him, and we know him best in his suffering for us, because as Fulton Sheen said, he's the only person who ever was born specifically to die. Mm. And secondly, for the person who wants to learn how to suffer better, make sense out of their own suffering. And we can only do that in light of seeing how Christ uh, in his humanity suffered for us.
1: We're talking with Dr. Thomas McGovern, co-host of Dr. Doctor, uh, a radio show out of Fort Wayne, Redeemer Radio, carried right here on this station, Catholic Radio Indy, at 11 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Um, we're ta- he's also an author of the new book, What Christ Suffered a Doctor's Journey Through the Passion. I'm curious, what did you um, learn as you did this, and how much study and research was involved to put it together?
2: Uh, I've been giving talks on the passion since 1986. I radically had to reformulate my ideas on what I thought was true as I saw more evidence coming out and did a 180 in a number of areas based on the best evidence. Uh, So for me, number one, taught me humility. What I thought was settled historical or scientific research isn't necessarily settled when more information comes in to contradict it. So that was a lot of humble pie and a slow turn, but I've made it completely, and I'm willing to be open to any new evidence. And secondly, uh, I've integrated into it a story of some of my own suffering and how something that Christ did in the Garden is applicable to all of us in our various times of suffering to make it really practical in day-to-day life.
1: What's the most interesting or uh, biggest myth that you found that wasn't true?
2: Uh, that Christ died of asphyxiation or of suffocation. In fact, I got so incensed over Christmas break seeing a number of articles coming out saying this was settled science, settled history, that I just wrote a 9,000-word article full of historical and scientific background with a cardiologist and pulmonary specialist, and we've submitted it to a journal, and the title is basically, Christ did not die of suffocation. So, uh but the interview is too short to go into the reasons why. (laughs) If you want to read the book, I lay it out there pretty well. Now,
0: is this a brand new book, or has this book been out for a few years?
2: Uh, It it, uh, came out last year, 2021, and uh, I'll be updating it every several years as new information comes in, as as something just came in three months ago, Mm -hmm. on a new finding of a crucified person with a nail through the heel.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, and I I was wondering uh, what kind of, Feedback you've gotten thus far from people who have read the book or friends of yours maybe who have read the book and say, yeah, but uh, what, what sort of reaction are you getting?
2: Uh, you know, from my medical friends, they love it. Uh, you know, Bishop Robert Barron has recommended it, uh, Ted Shri Curtis Martin, El Cresta. They've all responded favorably because there's no other book that combines those two streams, how we can suffer better with Christ and uh, and shows what most likely happened based on the best evidence available, including I've worked with the John Cook, who is the best um, historical expert on crucifixion living today.
1: I do want to get into the aspect of suffering and how um, how our what about what our what is our response to suffering and how can we help other people that are suffering, how can we journey with them? Talk a little bit about that. Uh,
2: Whenever I inscribe a book for somebody, I put in the phrase that really affected me, the price of love is suffering. So by, by Christ loving us, the way he loved us most was in his suffering, so that we can now suffer out of love for others. And so one thing I like to tell people is when we are baptized, we are baptized as priest, prophet, and king. And what does it mean to be a priest? The essence of priesthood is to offer sacrifice on behalf of the salvation of others. John Paul wrote that the meaning of suffering is salvation. So we each have a superpower. We can affect somebody's eternity by offering our own suffering for their redemption, for their salvation. And this should change the way we look at everyday life. Our suffering is not meaningless, it's incredibly meaningful.
1: I'm looking um, in Chapter 11 at um, something that you mentioned that John Paul has revealed, his three-step plan for responding to those who suffer. Um, do you remember what those are off the top of your head, or do you want me to uh, tell you what they are and, and then... <laughs> Why don't you coax me? <laughs> sure, I will. Um, okay, so his, uh, John Paul's three-step plan oh. for responding oh, to... Oh, yeah, suffering.
2: with the uh, Good Samaritan, yeah. Yeah, well, stop,
1: um, have compassion... Stop and give some help. Can you talk about those? I know you talk about this topic.
2: Sure. So, you know, Woody Allen used to say 80% of life is just showing up. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is suffering, and it's not our suffering, but someone else, just stop and be with them. That's 80% of it. It's at least halfway, because if you're there, then uh, show compassion. That means we are naturally wired neurologically for empathy, to feel empathy. But empathy also includes acting on that feeling where we identify with the emotions of somebody else. And then just do something. So stop, decide to look and care, you know, just observe what's going on. Uh, Empty yourself so you can be filled with what they're experiencing. And just do something. And sometimes for people like me who are pretty thick-headed, ask, how can I help you? Or, Or touch them. You know, it took me years as a doctor, but I can finally do it. You know, just... Laying a hand on a shoulder or on an elbow or on a knee for somebody else, sometimes that is so meaningful. But just ask them in their suffering, "How can I help you?" And sometimes it's just sit with me. Just sit with me, please. So uh, John Paul was, was right on target. In you know the thick headed of us, it can help.
1: I got to ask you. We just got a couple minutes left, about three minutes, and I want to ask you, um, how has the book has the book helped you become a better Catholic, a better doctor, a better you know, father, uh, all, all the above. I'm, I'm curious how it's impacted you personally and professionally and in your own relationships and obviously your relationship with Christ. <laughs>
2: Well, it's, it's, um, it's pretty hard to be a hypocrite when you're supposed to be an expert on suffering and you complain about your own suffering. Mm. So I think in confession, I confess complaining a lot more than I used to and realize, you know, and try to have gratitude for it, to say, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to suffer. So one thing I say when I give talks is instead of saying to God, you know, why do I have to go through this? You know, Peter Kreeft got me to look at it and say, hey, why do I get to do this? And the why do I get to is because I can love somebody else better through it or offer something else for somebody. So it helps me in my daily examination of conscience uh, to realize, hey, even my suffering, I can't just complain it away. I have to accept it and do something good with it.
1: Now, for those listening who want to get a copy of the book, uh, how can they do that?
2: You know, the, the easiest way is Amazon.com. The, the price has come down since last year, so it's a pretty darn good deal for an almost 400-page book. And it's it's a beautifully made. I was really pleased when I held it in my hand for the first time. The cover is absolutely gorgeous, and the print is easy to read, and it's full of, of pictures and surprising information you may have never heard of.
1: It really is. I'm holding the book right now, and it is really beautiful. It's got a lot of lot of pictures in there. I like books that have pictures.
0: That would be a perfect Lenten reading, but actually uh, beyond Lent, too. Uh, it, it fits very well in Lent, but it could be something that people would read year-round, because it's something we all want to know.
2: Yeah, that that's when it sells the best. In fact, last year in Holy Week, it hit number one in the Amazon category, Christian Historical Theology. And I have had... Uh, People, in fact, some of the endorsers say they're going to read it every Lent now. That's their regular Lenten reading now.
1: But as Jim had mentioned, the, the other part about helping people um, deal with suffering and being a companion to them—that there's also that element. Um, so they can get absolutely. They can get the book on Amazon. The the title is "What Christ Suffered: A Doctor's Journey Through the Passion," um, with author Dr. Thomas McGovern, who's been our host, who's the co-host of the Doctor Doctor. You can get that on Amazon. Uh, we are out of time, but. Uh, Dr. Thomas McGovern, thank you so much for being our guest today, and safe travels as you go out and speak around the country.
2: (laughs) Thank you. God bless you both, Bridget and Jim. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. Across America, there are quiet heroes changing lives every day. When disaster strikes, they lend support. They give hope to those in need, warmth to the cold, and help to those society ignores. Over the past decade, they have given more than $1.5 billion and 700 million hours to charity. When it comes to making a difference, the Knights of Columbus are on the front lines. Become a knight and be the difference. Learn more at kofc.org. Take Catholic Radio Indy's 40 Days of Lent Challenge. During Lent, listen to at least one hour of Catholic Radio each day. If you're already a daily listener, add an hour each day or pick a different time to listen. Or, if you really want to go all in, listen exclusively to Catholic Radio Indy from now until Easter. Spend 40 days with Catholic Radio Indy and see what a difference 100% Catholic programming 24-7 makes. You're on a journey, in a race, in the company of others.
3: Imperfection makes you human. Forgiveness offers life.
1: And opportunity
3: brings
2: hope. Good news and great company. Catholic
1: Radio Indy. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Eyre. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio. And for the second half, we have another guest. We're going to be talking with Sister Marlene Shapley. She is the Vice President of Mission Integration for Franciscan Health in Central Indiana, the Central Indiana Division. And actually what we're going to be talking about is Franciscan Health, um, their efforts to send medical supplies to Ukraine um, from that uh, medical hospital network so uh, sister marlene thank you so much for being our guest today welcome to faith in action
3: thank you for having me thank you so much
1: well people probably are familiar with franciscan health um what just tell us give us a quick overview of franciscan health
3: well we're uh we're a a division of the Sisters of st francis of perpetual adoration and uh, those are our sponsors and Franciscan Health has been in the United States since 1875, but we were the Sisters of St. Francis Health Services at that time. We came from Ope, Germany in 1875 to do uh, health care, and we have uh, expanded from Lafayette, Indiana, to east into west, and we're here to serve those who are in need of our care. We were asked by a doctor in our um, a dire div- uh, division to help doctor Poliva, who is from ukraine has asked us he saw in a, one of our storage rooms some equipment and supplies that were not being used so he asked if those could be donated to the ukrainian medical association to send over to ukraine and it just blossomed from there one of our doctors dr eric mccaitis from our um, crown point division Uh, found out about it and sent out a word to our supply chain managers, and we were able to uh, collect three semis of equipment within 48 hours to send over to Ukraine.
0: It's just so hard to believe what's going on in the Ukraine. I mean, it's, it's real. We're seeing it on television and everything like that, but we always tend to think our world's a little more sophisticated than that, that we Uh, use diplomatic means and different things to accomplish goals we don't just drive into our neighboring country with tanks and start shooting but uh it's happening and they the need for help is very real
1: very very real and you know the the interesting thing that i saw um with regard to ukraine and it really brings us together as a um i guess a catholic community seeing um all the people praying over there, and and um, I actually saw a, a picture on on Facebook, um, on my social media platforms, of soldiers kneeling down before a picture of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, an icon of that. And I actually had that very <laughs> picture on my refrigerator, so it really bring brought brings it home how we are so united just in our humanity and in our efforts to provide humanitarian and prayer support for uh, those in Ukraine. Okay, so I'm curious. um, You did talk about the the doctor in Dyer, um, northern Indiana there, that was connected with a doctor who had studied in Ukraine. Is that correct? Is that how this
3: got? Dr. Poliva was from uh, Ukraine and he was the one that was first asked if we could help and then one of our doctors in Crown Point heard of this Dr. McHaitis who is from the United States and he was the one that uh, contacted our uh, supply chain managers to see if we had supplies and equipment that we could donate and we in healthcare you know we have so much supplies we have we get a new product in and everybody wants to use, use that new product right away so we have Things that are no longer being used, and we keep them in storage for such instances like this if someone needs help and assistance.
1: I want to ask you, sister, what type of medical supplies are going to be sent, or what, what are on those truckloads that are going to be going um, over there?
3: Mm-hmm. There's gloves, there's gauze, <coughs> excuse me, bandages, syringes, sterile irrigating fluids, and some uh, surgical equipment.
0: Now, I would imagine just the process of getting. The materials from point A to point B is pretty difficult. I mean, it's not just a matter of normal shipping. I wouldn't imagine with the war going on and things.
3: Well, we were able to collect the things, put them on semi-trucks, and then they were going to... I'm going to assume Chicago, I don't know where, but the Ukrainian Medical Association was going to charter planes to take them over to Warsaw, Poland, where they would be put in other trucks and vehicles to be taken across the border into Ukraine.
1: So Franciscan Health is um, primarily in the United States, or what's the scope of Franciscan Health? I know the Franciscan Alliance is over Franciscan Health, the local area. Talk a little bit about the whole... um, alliance and where all you serve people in general with the medical help that you do just for the people of the United States?
3: Well, we're only here, we have 11 hospitals in Indiana and one in Illinois. That's our focus right now. Years ago, when I was a young sister, we had uh, hospitals in uh, more in Illinois, we had one in Memphis, we had one in Louisville. So we were beyond just uh, in Indiana, but we've divested of those hospitals for various reasons. And so we're really located, focusing along the I-65 corridor.
1: I'm also curious, you know, t- tell us just quickly about your order. It's the Franciscans of uh, Perpetual Adoration, is that?
3: Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration.
1: Do you have any sisters... In Europe? I'm just curious. We, yes.
3: We started in OP Germany, so we still have our general aid in a province in Germany. And we have a province in the Philippines, and we have a mission in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So those are, are, it, but those are um, generated out of the German province.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, here in this country, is your order uh, a growing order, an active order that is still uh, getting new... Uh, young ladies joining yes. all the time
3: yes we're very blessed on that we got one new member in i think just one this past uh, september we had two come in last september uh, in my class 55 years ago we had 17 in my class but those numbers have dwindled so we're getting one two three or four each year so we are my province is a, is a growing province our western province is not growing It's it's I don't. I hate to use the words, but it's dying out. Our Philippine province is growing, and our German province has taken on a new member, which they haven't had a new member in probably 25 years. So a young lady did join, uh, I think, a year and a half ago.
1: We're, we're talking with Sister Marlene Shapley. She's the vice president of Mission Integration for Franciscan Health of Central Indi- the Central Indiana Division. We're talking about medical su- supplies, um, going to Ukraine from Franciscan Health, and I want to ask uh, our listeners, how can people help in this effort? Can they help? Um, Can you offer some advice of how people can help the people in Ukraine, maybe even through Franciscan Health? What what do you need to support them? Well,
3: I would suggest that people can either donate to Catholic Charities or the Red Cross that we we can know for sure that they can be uh, given in the right direction. Or there's the Ukraine Medical Association of Northern Indiana. They can contact them in order to give donations. I don't have a contact person or an address, but I'm sure it can be Googled, but it's uh, Ukrainian Medical Association of Northern Indiana. That's what these uh, uh, medical supplies are being given through.
1: And then what about locally here, um, Franciscan um, Health, you do so many things. I'm sure that you could use uh, prayers, obviously, um, volunteers, just with your health systems. Are there any type of volunteer opportunities just here locally, not necessarily tied with Ukraine, but just with your general mission here at in Franciscan Health?
3: Well, we always are looking for volunteers for at, our, at our hospitals we have volunteers that come in and help with uh, making packets for the patients or delivering flowers and help delivering mail sitting at our entrance uh, to escort patients to their various departments we have many many volunteer opportunities within our hospital, within our, our three campuses, our Carmel, Mooresville, and Indianapolis campus. So if uh, we have some little uh, folks that have retired from their normal businesses and are looking for some opportunity to be with other people, to have socialization, to just have a giving back to community, uh, we're very happy to entertain opportunities for them.
1: Yeah, and I was i was, we we've talked before and I know you have a real passion for Catholic health care and Catholic hospitals. Can you tell us why Catholic hospitals and Catholic health care is so important to be um in the marketplace and not, you know, cast to the sidelines? Well, yeah,
3: you're right. It is my passion and I can get very vocal about it. But <laughs> Catholic health care is so special because we minister to those who are in most need. We minister to everybody. It doesn't re- relate anything to color, culture, background, or anything, but God, we're all God's people. And we, at Franciscan, we have our mission statement, which is continuing Christ's ministry in our Franciscan tradition. And if we look back to St. Francis, he followed in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. And Jesus ministered to those who were most vulnerable, to those who were most need, to those who had no one else to turn to. And Fr- St. Francis did that, too. He had a great fear for the lepers. And that was part of his conversion, is that he got off of his horse and bent down and kissed a leper. And those are the things that you know we don't see leprosy that much in our society today, but who is our leper? You know, who is it that person with, with COVID right now? Is that person that has hit AIDS? Is it the person who has no health insurance? But those are the people that we in Catholic health care minister to. We value people from the moment of conception until natural death.
1: And I'm sure that there's going to be such peace um, for, for those who, who, people that enter a Catholic hospital, they, have, they see that crucifix, and they, they know that they're going to be cared for. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I right. know you, you touched on it, Sister, but I, I know there's probably somebody thinking, oh, I can't go to that hospital, it's a Catholic hospital, and I'm not Catholic.
3: Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I bet you our, our population is maybe less than a third Catholic. But again, we're all God's people.
1: Well, we we want to um, tip our hat to Franciscan Health for stepping up to the plate and sending. It looks like you're going to be sending almost a 100- hundred thousand pounds of medical supplies to um, those in need in ukraine um, and it's, it's just it's just a beautiful thing that that you're doing again for people who want to directly support um, i think you gave a number or some organizations where people can support um, those in ukraine go ahead and give us those again
3: i would say catholic charities or the red cross or this Division of the Ukraine Medical Association of North America.
0: Mm-hmm. Or Catholic Relief Services as well. Correct, yes. In, any one of those. If you go to their website, they'll have opportunities for you to uh, make contributions to right. help the folks in the Ukraine. Yeah.
1: And if and if you want to volunteer for St. Francis um, Health Alliance here, Franciscan Health Alliance, you can go to franciscanhealth.org. Um, Correct. We are just about out of time. Um um, I, I just want to thank you so much, um, Sister Marlene Shapley, uh, VP of Mission Integration from Franciscan Health, Central Indiana Division. Thank you so much for loving Jesus and offering your life for Jesus and um, in serving in the hospitals and those who really need your help. Thank you so much for being our guest today, sharing with us what you guys are doing to help those in Ukraine.
3: Well, thank you for letting, getting our message out. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Jim.
0: You've been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how everyday people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. This program is underwritten in part by the Indiana State Knights of Columbus. If you have suggestions for topics or guests for this program, contact Bridget at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org or call us at 317 870-8400.